0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: <laughs> Good morning. And welcome to this episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. It is a nice thirty-two degree day here in lovely Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I am Terrence Biggs.
0: <laughs> Our oh, guest today.
1: Is just one of my favorites. Helena is one of the best. Good morning, Helena. How are you?
0: I'm good today. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? It's a bony 40 here in D.C., I think. I,
1: I am good. Now, we need to talk about a topic that we we talk about it on and off, but one of the topics is white fragility. Why, like, I am black, as people know by my voice and my picture. No. Really? And I am – I'll never understand the fragile aspect of a group of people that have controlled a continent for hundreds of years. <laughs> but when called out, why does it seem like they there's an uncomfortability without, with uh, accountability? Uh,
0: I mean, I, again, I mean, I – I don't really know the answer to that other than we you know we've just kind of been socialized in that way. I guess it really just comes down to that, right? We've been sort of taught um and 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 the image is sort of re you know reinforcing through media and yeah you know, television movies, you know even our history books that we're. You know, we're the good guys, and we're not really wrong most of the time, and we've never really historically been held accountable for very much. And, um, and then we've also decided that there's these things that we don't want to be anymore, and we'd rather deny that we are those things and be defensive than be introspective and think that somebody else could be right about us or know ourselves better than we do um, or our behavior, our collective behavior. No, I don't really get it because I don't consider. My, I hope I'm not overly fragile. I, I just like I consider myself to be one of those people that's constantly trying to be better, a better person. Um, so if somebody calls something out, I at the very least want to examine that.
1: Now here's the tough part, like. There are people who are going to listen to this and cloud and jump in the mailbox and jump all the dimensions and just kind of be sensitive and saying how not all. I just need to clarify this disclaimer and we're going to get this right off the bat. If this does not apply to you personally, let it be. If it doesn't apply, let it fly. Just go about your business. Don't start hee haw and boo-hooing that, oh, my God, you're saying all. I'm not saying all. You will never hear me say all of everything except for all diner food in New Jersey is good, or most diner food in New Jersey is good. That is my all. Now, when you see just the people who have had an easier go about it than pretty much every other American, I'll take – Joe Manchin, for example, the senator from West Virginia, he apparently has a lot of issues with women of color. But yet, Brett Kavanaugh gets the rubber stamp and he's good to go.
0: Yeah. Make it make sense. Oh, honey, I can't make it make sense. Um, You know, and and there is some of the lack of intersectionality and intersectionality intersecting in and of themselves, right? For me as a white woman, I can I feel the misogyny, right? There's just it's just dripping off of him. And so so much of it is just her also being a woman, a woman of power, of intellect, a woman who can take it and give it and who has helped a lot of people and has been very successful and for the most part is very well liked. Now the other piece of that I can't identify with, obviously, is not part of my identity being a, a white woman is that she's also a woman of color. So that intersection for most white men is uh that's a twofold secret of theirs, right? Um, and for for him to not even see you know what, I don't even know if that's true. I'll be honest. I don't know if he doesn't recognize the hypocrisy in his committing to not voting for, for Miss Sanders. Because I think that, going back to white fragility, we can convince ourselves that we are not racist. We don't have a racist bone in our body, you know? I'm the least racist person you're ever going to meet. You know, I think that he's convinced himself, oh, this isn't personal. Um, and, you know, and, and so that only, I think kind of reinforces for his constituents that have the same um, racism, misogyny coursing through their veins and their culture and their daily ethos sort of the same. Like, no, it's not personal. Clearly it's not personal. You're our guy even says it's not personal. Um, I have a real problem with it. I I do. I'm done defending Manson. I've done it for a really long time uh, just in terms of like you know, I'd so rather have a Democrat in a seat, and I would, obviously. But I would more like to see Democrats in other seats as well so that he is no longer relevant in the party if he's going to make this kind of a crybaby stand over this nominee for the president of his party and the president of the nation.
1: Dr. Christine Ford.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was raped by Brett Kavanaugh. He, she was sexually assaulted. She gave testimony to this fact. We believe victims. Mansion just was cool, not cool with it, but he didn't have as much static for it, and that bothers me. Before because it it shows the lack of total accountability for not just mm-hmm. white men, but so the white women who uphold this white supremacy where they benefit from it. And mm-hmm. there is so little work that is being done overall where there are people like like yourself who actually go out and do the work. you can. It's like being in third grade doing a math problem and having to show your work. You can show your work to anyone who wants to see it, whereas the plurality or the majority of people can't. They talk a huge game. But when yeah. the rubber hits the road, they fail to fight for it. They fail to end white supremacy. Do you think with women, there's that comfortability where they are okay with, you know, what this guy's misogynist, but I'm reaping the, the rewards from it? What is that mindset?
0: Sure. I I don't. I'm not certain that they're conscious of that. You know, I, I mean, I I hope that they don't say those things to themselves um, in that manner. Um, I'm not sure that they're necessarily all that conscious. And I think that goes to some implicit bias, right? Like there are things in your bones and body that are belief system that you may not consciously address every single day. Um, but certainly, you know, whiteness likes whiteness, you know, and it's going to circulate to whiteness. We know this in voting patterns. We know this. In cop-calling, you know, patterns. We notice in in you know the way people clutch their purses or follow someone around a store. I mean, there are behaviors that collectively, overwhelmingly, are exuded by people with my complexion, um, and uh, we can deny it, but that doesn't denial doesn't change truth. So I I do think that there is a you know it's that white feminism, right? when When white women talk about feminism, they only see themselves, they're only picturing themselves. And they see white men as the arbiters of who will grant them that freedom, who will grant them that power rather than seize it themselves or you know form a coalition with black women um, or other women of color. Uh, to seize that power for themselves as opposed to having it granted uh, to them. And I do think that whether it's conscious or not, they they don't want to share that power. Whiteness likes whiteness. Spinning off of that
1: and going to the side of it, we have Bernie Sanders. And we have his horde of followers on the way far left. Bernie also is one of these people who seems to think that the way of the crusty shriveled white man is the way to go. But he couches it different than Manchin where he allows his followers to soften his image and kind of give him the ability to portray the role of a fighter, but not the overwhelming misogynist slash intolerant clown that we have seen him to be do you think the difference between Manchin and Sanders is the messaging or do you think that it's the where they're from?
0: Messaging. Like, just completely. It's, it's Listen, it's all wrapped in the same junk and using different words and trying to reach a different audience, right? Manchin is trying to style a line for white men in the traditional In in the traditional toxic masculinity, you know, can we be Republican and Democrat and be friends, you know, ways of the old, in my opinion. And Bernie is trying to pretend that he's some type of great liberator, Um, an anti-establishment fighter, you know, people like to forget that he, he left. Chicago in, what, 1968, something like that? Like a mm-hmm. year before Fred Hampton hot. was killed. Right. So, you know, I I have a real problem with the fact that he is upheld as doing all of these great things and speaking truth to power when he's doing it from, from Vermont you know, like the whitest state in the nation.
1: Exactly. And even their Um, their car tires are white. It's just one of those things that (laughs) when I look at Bernie, when I look at Manchin and I look at their followers, it bothers me because there are people, like we said, near a tenant. Manchin apparently has questions for for Rep Deb Holland, who is being, who is nominated for the Secretary of Interior. An indigenous woman who, Mm is going to be the first Native American indigenous person to have that cabinet post. It's important. She cares about the land. And it is one of those things that Manchin is just doing this because he knows that he's a part of that 50 seats. And like you mentioned earlier, the best way to neutralize him, start flipping seats in North Carolina, start flipping seats in Florida, start flipping seats Maybe in Wisconsin or one in Ohio. Flip in even in Pennsylvania. Flip like three or four of those. Mention become just a regular person who had to who had to sit there and get in line or get out. And if I am Jamie Harrison, that's being the head of the the, uh, DNC. That's when you put that call in Joe Mention and say, "What the hell are you doing?"
0: Yeah. Well, Jamie Harrison also has a 50-state plan. I think that Jamie Harrison is very much an understander. Uh, uh, you know, he's. I think he is a lot like Stacey Abrams in the long game, understanding where to go and how to do it and how to flip seats and what's important, uh, which is why I love that he's running his agency. I think he can do phenomenal, amazing things there. Um, so I think that he's fully aware and I think that, I think you're absolutely right. I think that he not not only can say, like, what are you doing, but also will be like, you know what, we're going to all 50 states. You can come with this or you can stay where you are. But, you know, we're not about power, we're about the people. And the only way to give the power to the people is to have more of it and, um, and more of it elected by the actual people
1: and that's the part that i don't understand where it comes down to what's right for the country and if we go if we go further into it it's the interpersonal conflict where you're from jersey if you have an issue with somebody you're just going to just say hey man i have an issue with you and you're not going to back down i don't see the white woman tears that will fall from you unless you're legitimately upset It won't be because you're trying to get out of trouble. Why do you think that a lot of white women will tend to use those tears to distance themselves from being called out for their nonsense?
0: It works. It has worked. Historically, it's worked. White women tears neutralize white men uh, they, you know, and, and they are very good at becoming victim. I'm certain I've done it in my life and I'm certain I've done it without even giving it a second thought. Like, it's not like, okay, I'm pulling on a leg hair, you know, like a thigh hair, trying to make myself tear up. I I think that we do it almost, uh, you know, because think about this is really, this is something that I think about now that I have children, right? When they're infants, their only form of communication is crying, right? So, you know, there has to be some type of, you know, brainwave that says, I cry, I get what I want. I cry, I get food. I cry, I get a changed diaper. I cry, et cetera, right? I, we socialize that out of boys and not out of girls, right? I don't know why. But when a little boy cries, we're sort of very, like, man up or, you know. But when a little girl cries, it's very, like, oh, honey, what's wrong? Right, and then it becomes about their feelings. So I have this conversation with my daughter; she's nine. That sometimes when she starts to cry, I'm like, I understand that you're frustrated and upset that I'm coming to you with something that I didn't want you to do. But when you cry, it makes me feel like you can't understand where I'm coming from. Like I actually already start calling her because she's nine, because I'm like, is this how it happens? Like, is this is this how it is formed? When your 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old daughter comes to you, and instead of, you know, being able to discipline them as a parent, you are, you are like, oh, no, tears, oh, I have to fix that. And I think that we've done that. I think that my, I think that culturally and socially we've done that, and I think that it is just like a, a, it's almost like breathing or blinking your eyes, it's like ingrained in us, like, oh. I want to get out of this situation. It's making me uncomfortable. I'm just going to
1: cry. It's like our
0: fight or flight.
1: There you go. For me, it's being a black dude. I have been the victim of white women tears constantly. Trust me, you know this. Mm -hmm. And it is a matter of being able to assess each situation differently Mm -hmm. because there's some times when the tears are actually genuine and you want to understand And kind, but then there are times where it's like wait, hold on a sec, I'm right in a situation and I'm being made to be like oh, some ogre because I am right, I'm not yelling, I'm not screaming I'm not cursing, I'm not wildly gesticulating, I am resolute and measured in my responses but yet they're still tears and it's one of those things that white tears white woman tears are Honestly, they're dangerous. They are dangerous Very. to anyone who is not white. They, yes. White woman tears pretty much got Emmett Till killed. White woman tears. Not
0: pretty much. They absolutely did get him killed. And she, white the, woman she tears,
1: you know, it's one of those things that I think of the cop in Tulsa, Betty Shelby, who shot a, an unarmed man. Mm. White woman teared her way out, never served a day in jail, still is a police officer. That bo- white, white woman tears almost got Christian Cooper murdered by police because, you know, uh, Central Park patio over there decided to say that he was threatening her. And I will tell you this from the bottom of my heart, being a black dude who's being accused of threatening just by speaking normally and calmly, it is the worst feeling in the world to know that your words can be weaponized, even though you're not trying to threaten anyone. It is the worst feeling because right. then you just don't want to talk. But then it's your look becomes. Oh, you're thinking about your looks. This is my face. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I I I've, I've, I've had this face for a few years. It's it's mine and <laughs> it's one of those things that I hope our children don't face it. I hope, but yeah. I know they will because there are there are parents that are teaching their kids that's okay and as parents we have to be able to arm our kids with the knowledge of you're going to see this this will happen here's what you do here's what you don't do now one of the last questions I have to ask you is this when you are traveling through social media and you are quick to call white people out and it it is a glorious thing because you're non-flinching. You just, you you embrace your inner New Jersey. I'm not sure if it's north, central, or southern. I'm not
0: always right, though. But I'm not you, always right, though. I'll tell you, I have called out some women who I I, I respect a lot, and I think they're really smart. Where we just can't, we can't have a conversation in which we challenge one another. It winds up being fights, and so I actually wound up, like, blocking two women because I was like, I can't hear what they're saying, and they can't hear what I'm saying, and we both just look like jerks.
1: In my opinion, but, but you actually—it's well, right.
0: But I'm usually quick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's it's the ability to actually step a step out of what is perceived as your comfort zone and explain that. Where social media is weird because there's a group of white women who will sit there and jump in a black person's mentions, or they will sit there and center themselves, be it through. Their words, or complaining that their art is not being seen or being appreciated. Take that for what you will. Um, (laughs) Hi, but it's more. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that just—it's annoying to watch the centering. Where I had a I had a thread yesterday about. How some white parents of biracial children can still be racist. And I had my mailbox, inbox just hot. Well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, I've seen it. What do you mean by that? Trust me when I say I've seen it and let it be.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, well, you, and it is more of the, the tear aspect. Do you think that there should be a informal application process for white women to apply to follow certain black people and persons person of color to avoid the jumping and mentions and acting like fools?
0: Ooh, you know, I, I thought about this a little bit. And I don't necessarily know what a good solution is because I don't know, like I also, I, I, I worry that it sounds like me saying that people should segregate themselves. I think that people already have the option of who is allowed to follow them and, you know, can block, but I also think that think twitter is exploring potential pay sites and i am sort of like listen i get a lot of really great content for free on twitter people doing really it's emotional labor the things that some black people are are willing to put out there and not even just engage with you but just their own emotional feelings and you don't have to respond i've said this on the show and i'll say it in person and i've said it online you do not have to reply to everything you see it doesn't matter if it makes you upset or it makes you feel good or you learn something, you don't have to reply to every single thing and you have to understand that you run the risk of a response that you don't like and that's how social media works, but you need to stop thinking that you are the only person that can't be called out also. You know, I really, really highly recommend don't jumping into conversations about race if you are white, I don't care if you're white and you have biracial children and the post was about biracial children because your viewpoint and your default is still from a place of whiteness In a place that maybe you were taught about colorblindness or whatever. Your default is to think that you can't possibly. And if that's true, the only reason why you're getting upset is because you didn't know it was true when somebody just said it was true and it's making you feel uncomfortable and your natural response is to get mad at them as opposed to look inside. Um, so, I I mean I think that's up to individual people in terms of like should there be an application? I would be fine with it. If someone was like, because there are some days where I'm like, there should be a place for Black people to not be bothered by whiteness. But then I'm like, oh my god, am I segregating? Because that's not like it doesn't matter what my intention is if my impact is to be like you go your way and I go my way. That's not necessarily as inclusive or, like, welcome either. But I'm just like, yeah, black people should be allowed to not be bothered by whiteness, so how do we help that? I don't know. I don't, you know. To me, my answer would be I don't get to tell black people what will be best for them to make them comfortable. If they think an application process to clear out followers would, would be easier on their mental health and the trauma caused by us on social media, I will support that. Because my role as a white person is not to tell black people what to do, it's to tell white people to stop doing white shit
1: that's my thought exactly. Now, before we get out of here, how can people interact with you on social media?
0: I am currently on Twitter at Rudist Tutor, and that's it. That. I have no other social media.
1: <laughs> one of my favorite people in the world, and honestly, there is going to be a day when we have the the long story of why Helena is one of my favorite people. I I will just say this: it mm-hmm. has been a trying early 2021 for yours truly. And one of the people that I can actually say has been honest, pulled no punches and just been straight up direct. Helena, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day. This is another episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. Be good to yourselves. Damn it. Be good to each other.